0: but i uh i'm I'm forcing myself to wear shorts because by god it's hot (sighs) and it still feels weird i I don't wear shorts ever yeah Uh, i've
1: I've worn shorts more in the last like month than i have in the last year
0: it's like, like i can't i can't do it it's too hot i walked around i was walking around what was i doing I was wearing pants one day and i was walking around somewhere and i like i was like no no more i can't and like, you
1: just took your pants off right there I just took my pants
0: off right there no but it's just like it's I, too hot. I think shorts are dumb and i think they look <laughs> weird and i think they're uncomfortable and here you are but i force my i'm not wearing them to work because i still like have a physical labor enough job where yeah. having like pants on yeah, is, pants is useful and it's also air conditioned at work, but I forced yeah. myself to wear shorts lately, like the last week or so, to like try to feel comfortable in them.
1: Cause it's hot. It's so hot. Yeah, it was hundred and four yesterday. God. According to my car thermometer.
0: It's really hard to ride a bike when it's a hundred. Yeah, I wouldn't do out. it, but I am doing it. Good. Um. Just drink a lot of water. Yeah.
1: Two gallons. Two gallons. Do you use your big Nalgene, or do you have like a smaller one when you're riding? I have
0: I have two. They're smaller bottles because they have they have to fit in like the bottle cages that that Mm. go on a bike frame. But like I literally I, like I know where gas stations are on my routes, and I like make sure I've drank my two bottles by the time I hit that gas station. I stop and pop it. Yeah, or else you'll die. Fill them at the drinking machine and keep going. Yeah. Yeah.
1: They let you just go in and, and steal water like that. Yeah, that's nice.
0: It is nice of them. Yeah. I mean, I'm the like really, really sweaty guy in tight clothing <laughs> and a helmet and clicky shoes yeah? who walks in and no one wants to bother me.
1: <laughs> no one wants to get near you. Sometimes I'll buy a candy bar. Yeah, you should buy a can of Coke. Get that energy drink, energy Joe. I'd rather have a. I'd rather have a Milky Way. Yeah, yeah. That's your go-to. Uh, Milky Way or
0: what are the ones with peanuts? Is it there's payday and there's, there's another pay-
1: one. payday and baby Ruth, baby Ruth. See if so. Uh, I used to hike more than I do now, which is none. But I used to <laughs> I used to do hikes and backpacking when I was in the Scouts. Yeah. Um, and the Payday was my go to backpacking candy bar. That's the really
0: peanutty one, right? Really peanutty one. And Baby Ruth is more chocolatey.
1: Well, Baby Ruth has chocolate. Payday has zero okay. chocolate. Yes. Yeah. A Baby Ruth is basically a Payday plus chocolate.
0: Yeah, that's why I like the Baby Ruth.
1: Yeah, the Baby Ruth is a great candy bar. It's also mm. the one that looks like poop if you want to throw one in a pool. <laughs> uh, that's a that's a joke from Caddyshack, I think, is when we're going back to that one. Uh, they, they, someone threw a poop in the pool, but it wasn't a poop. It was a Baby Ruth. Mm. But everyone left the pool because it looked like poop. I would. Yeah. And then I think Bill Murray like fished it out and, and ate, ate it. it. Yeah. yeah. Um, That's but good. yeah, so no paydays were great because paydays, because they don't have chocolate don't melt in your pack. Yes. So it was a great, like if you're on a week long track, you put a couple paydays in your pack and just leave them at the bottom for when you get, when you really need something Yeah. and you pull that out and man, that is the best candy bar yeah. You know, you've done 20 miles today.
0: It's, and it's sweet and it's the hot. sugar hits oh, you so fast. So good.
1: That is just a killer candy bar. But it's
0: also like mostly peanuts too. Yeah. So yeah. It's, well, it's, it's also, it's, it's super salty and it feels substantial.
1: Yeah. Oh, mm. man. That is my favorite candy bar.
0: Oh, and then the bears smell it and then they come
1: attack you. Yeah. You, you, you hang your pack, man. <laughs> come on. Come on. Um, I, I, uh,
0: before I did like a lot of cycling, yeah. I like I used to hike a lot and uh I also just used to eat I call it called it gorp. Yeah, uh, little raisins and peanuts. Little raisins and peanuts. Um but I also always included like uh the little M&Ms. Yeah, those are great. Just having chocolate in there is great. Yeah. And now, I used to just like eat that a lot all the time like just as a snack like Sure. I, it's I, a good li- snack. I used to literally like just keep a bowl of it out yeah. and like munch on it. That's fair. I I have no problem with that. <laughs> um and so when I started cycling, I was like, "This is a great food to have like with me while I bike because yeah. it's you know like peanuts and the sugar and mm-hmm. it's just a, it's a, the perfect thing to have while eating." And so I put a sandwich bag full of gorp in my jersey pocket. It's gonna be hard to eat while you're wrote, biking. And then I. <laughs> Like I forgot that chocolate melts, <laughs> and I remember like like I was in the middle of a ride and I'm hot and sweaty and I pull out it's like a sa- I pull the sandwich bag yeah. and unzip it and I put my hand in there to grab a handful of gorp and then my hand is just like covered in chocolate and the whole thing is just this like nasty melted mass and
1: not not as great as you expected.
0: So now it's like Cliff Bars and bananas. Yeah,
1: Cliff Bars are good. I like Cliff Bars. Yeah, I mean we, like, we ate those a lot when hiking too. Those were a standard. Yeah.
0: Banana. So you got to do the banana pretty quick into the ride because a hot banana is,
1: it's <laughs> not great. Very undesirable. <laughs> not, not not a big fan of the hot banana.
0: Cliff bar can survive almost anything. Though.
1: Yeah. yeah, that's what I take to cons. Because mm. uh, usually, if I'm going to a convention, like I'm probably not leaving for like lunch. You can. Um, most conventions are like in and out as long as you get your badge. Mm-hmm. But I like I'm doing things the whole time, and so like I don't stop for a meal. Right. Um, so I'll, I'll have, you know, I'll grab a dozen cliff bars for the course of the con and just snack on those and yeah. a water bottle. And you know, there's usually water fountains. There's usually the, you, most cons like have convention food, but mm. it's like $9 for a <sighs> terrible personal sized pan pizza. Right. Um, so it's like, I'll just, I'll just get a cliff bar. And I, I do get into the, um, I call them like squeezy juices. Um, like a Capri Sun. No, so like it's, it's a, they come in little bottles, uh, Lipton makes of there's other brands as well, and it's basically like concentrated fruit juice flavor. Um, so oh, like, that you squeeze into and a water bottle. you squeeze into your water bottle, gotcha. and it makes it taste like raspberry lemonade or iced tea. You know, just do them like shots. I mean, I have. <laughs> <laughs> I did once squirt one into my mouth to see what it would be like. How'd that go? Um, everybody laughed at me. Mm. <laughs> did you laugh at you? Eventually, <laughs> so for whatever reason, when they're concentrated, they're really sour, or at least the one I tried was, which I was not expecting.
0: Was it like lemon something? I or? don't
1: think so. It was like just like a fruit punch. Weird, but it was like like the sourness of like biting into a lemon. Um, yeah. And I was like, I wonder what this tastes like. So just like, and of course, I did it like while my family was around. And I'm like, Kevin, why are you doing that? I'm like, I wanted to see what it tastes yeah, like because. Cause why not? Yeah, and so everyone laughed at that. That was good.
0: What's wrong with uh, plain water? It's gross. Is it a little bit? Mm.
1: Now to be fair, I also I have a metal water bottle that I use, and uh. I get the metal taste. So, like you're supposed to use metal because it's not full of poison. As Jesse's drinking out of his Nalgene right now, which is full of poison,
0: and it's one it's one of the poison ones. Yeah,
1: <clears throat> I mean I drank out of Nalgene's forever, and I'm oh, fine. It's so good. It, I mean analoggene is the is the bottle to drink out of if you're gonna if you're gonna pick one, yeah, but uh yeah, I have a little metal water bottle which is yeah it tastes like tastes tastes like metal
0: tastes like steel, yeah, yeah,
1: but uh not when you put squeezy juice in it <laughs> <laughs> I'm prepared, <laughs> but to you by squeezy juice squeezy juice, don't put it directly in your mouth
0: um the i I feel like I should probably get some kind of electrolyte. Yeah. mix or beverage yeah that would be smart for riding because um usually uh, when i go for a ride i come back and i just like immediately shower yeah i think we discussed this we have um and a couple of days ago i didn't do that yeah because i was very excited to like upload my ride to strava and look at the like data and analysis Nerd. of the speeds and elev- elevations on it <laughs> excuse me So I like, like I got home and I like opened my computer and I was just like looking at this stuff for a little while and it gave me the chance to like, you still like sweat a little bit after you stop. Sure. And then you dry off. Uh oh. And I remember like drying off and then just like feeling my body just like, just completely encrusted with salt. (laughs) Like a like a filet of fish being preserved oh, in a man. barrel or like I was yeah. just caked in it and like <laughs> like I went I went to the bathroom to shower and I like looked in the mirror and my face is just like white with oh. salt and my in your jersey
1: oh yeah like, like those like white sweat stains yeah or
0: like because like, like the shorts are black and so yeah. the shorts turn like w- there's like a white film over them it's, <laughs> it's horrible like you lo- there's all that's in your body
1: it should, it should stay in your body <laughs> Well, tell that to the Texas sun. Yeah, I, I do by staying inside. Oh, God. It's so it's hot. hot. What's next year going to be like? Hotter. <laughs> it's
0: never going to end. No. Man.
1: Yeah, it's, it's real hot. I don't recommend going outside. It makes, like, I moved out of New England because the winter sucked. So I will still take a Texas summer over a bad winter. I, like I I hate how hot it
0: is right now. I still will too, but I really miss yeah. like 80 <laughs> degrees every day in the summer. <laughs> right. Like, like, sure. like hot is 85, like really hot is 90 and like freak heat once every year or two is a hundred. Yeah. For like one day. Yeah, I'm excited when it's down to 90. <laughs> right. Like I wake up. Right. It, the cool thing about Texas is is it still cools off overnight. Yeah. So like it's like seventies overnight, yeah. which is nice. But like it's a hundred degrees by like eleven o'clock. Mm-hmm. And then it's
1: a hundred degrees until like seven? Yep. Yeah, right now it is it is eight ten and it is ninety three degrees out still, oh. according to my watch.
0: Oh. It sh- it <laughs> we shouldn't live here. There's like three places left in the world where people should live yeah and they're like northern middle and southern california
1: (laughs) (laughs) near the coast yeah on the coast that's it yeah because you go too far inland in california you hit desert
0: yeah and then it's just like this yeah but it's real dry it's real dry did you uh did you see the thing uh it was getting passed around on twitter a bunch there was one day where San Francisco's microclimates did this, like, really, really crazy thing. No, I missed this. So, San Francisco has microclimates. Okay. Where, based on the geography, mm-hmm. regions of the city can have vastly different weather happening. Okay. At a given point. Um, literally, like, one-mile square areas, almost. Okay. And there was i I'm going to try... I'm going to remember and talk about this picture, this okay. map from memory but I'll try to find and put in the show notes so you can actually so you can see what it actually was. Yeah. But like you have like the northern tip of the peninsula like right on the um on the at the Golden Gate mm-hmm. and it's like it was cold and foggy. So it was like yeah. 60 degrees and like wet. Okay. And then uh like right behind there's like the hills and then yeah. like right behind the hills it's like this place that's always really hot it was 100 degrees like a mile away yeah it was like 60 and then 100 and like another place there like different sections was like this little like patchwork quilt of temperatures around the city it was like 60 and 70 and like 90 here and 60 there and 100 here like
1: i mean that seems doable because then, if you don't like where you're at just move <laughs> but move like
0: a mile away yeah which is it's that's, just that's wat- crazy like the, just the structure the way the elevations and the oh, yeah. water and the winds it work. just all interact you in can such have a hundred degrees ways. here and then a 10 minute walk away at sixty degrees
1: yeah. I remember I remember as sort of an example of that I remember getting hit by a cold front once outside like I was walking like it was a, a relatively hot like summer day mm-hmm. and a cold front moved in and like I felt the temperature drop 20 degrees yeah
0: that like the air mass just yeah. feel and it the like air mass hit you and it's you. like
1: oh it's cold now <laughs> what just happened
0: yeah i've experienced that too it was
1: it's a very weird like cuz you just like the temperature is just the temperature. Like, that's what it is right now. Yeah. Like, the idea that it changes so suddenly was very unexpected.
0: Yeah. This winter, there was a day when it was... Um, it's, like, one of the times when it actually got to, like, 20 degrees. So, yeah. it got, like, decently cold. But it was, like, 50, like, 45 degrees. And it had, like, been pretty stable for mm-hmm. a while. And then, like, one late afternoon, a front came in. And in the space of like thirty minutes, the temperature dropped to twenty degrees, Ugh. and the and the wind was incredible. Yeah, uh, like uh, living here at the domain where there's like moderate height buildings, mm-hmm. right? Like the wind is like rushing through these yeah. like short channels and stuff, and it like I had my big window open, and the wind was just sweeping <laughs> through, and this cold air was just like funneling in everywhere. Oh, it was man. really really strange.
2: Yeah.
1: This has been Jesse and Kevin talk about the weather. Yeah, weather weather on the ones. <laughs> yeah, weather on the ones. I hope it's a one where you are. <laughs> if not, uh, wait between eight and nine minutes. Yeah. Or two and nine minutes. That works better. Just wait. Just wait. Just wait.
0: Just wait. It's just going to keep getting hotter. Just wait. Next up on weather on the ones,
1: it's hotter. It's still hotter. <laughs> still hotter. I got to check. Um, It just occurred to me. I didn't do it. Um, Are you familiar with the website, Meh? Yes. com. They're doing a thing called the (laughs) Meh-rathon, where every – so there's a – a counter that just counts down time Uh and every time it runs out they change what product they're selling today so i've been trying to be watching it
0: what are they selling now
1: uh the makey makey invention kit for everyone that sounds boring it looks like uh some wires and diodes that you can hook up to things you got anything yet not yet but i've only been kind of like half watching it uh i almost got the the meh version of the bag of crap which is the uh fukuburu uh, almost got it last night when it was live for like three minutes mm. um, and it sold out like while I was fumbling to put in my credit card information. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no, I can do it in time. It sold out, <laughs> which was kind of annoying.
0: Yeah, that's kind of meh Mes-
1: Mez? How do you? How do you pluralize or, or possessive? Yeah. Mez whole Meh's deal. deal is, yeah. I mean, I've bought stuff from meh. Like they've got good deals, but it's always sort of just like, uh, is this the thing I want? No, probably not. Is this a thing I want? Meh. Meh. I love, um, I just love that it's a website that was created by the guy that made Woot and yeah. then sold Woot to Amazon for a bunch of money and then just made the same website again. <laughs> <laughs> when Amazon kind of ruined Woot, like right. Woot is, is not good anymore.
0: Right. Because now that's meh.
1: Yeah. Well, Woot has like a billion deals on all the different things. Like it's just like a warehouse club. Right. Um, But Meh is like one deal.
0: uh, Amazon really botched that acquisition if they allowed him to just literally recreate the thing he sold to them.
1: (laughs) And do it in the way that I prefer.
0: (laughs) Right. Like (laughs) if you're going to buy something, you should make sure the creator can't just quit and then make it again.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I mean, to be fair, Woot had kind of been moving in that direction because there were like three or four different types of Woot. Mm. There was like shirt Woot. There was like tech Woot. There was like, I don't know kitchen woot I don't remember all of them, but yeah, it wasn't the greatest um was there a hoot, system
0: was there a hoot woot for so, no. owl related merchandise
1: no, but I would have bought some owl stuff if there was was there
0: a boot woot for uh, uh for boots? shoes for boots was there a groot woot for
1: living trees
0: for g- groot action figures
1: I mean that would probably sell. People love their Groots. Was there a Flute Woot for flutes? <laughs> How many of these have you got in you? I'm, I'm you on you? Let's just keep going.
0: Oh, man. I want more so bad. Um, was there a... Was there a Moot Woot for things that are have been...
1: Discontinued. Dis- yeah. Rendered Moot by being yeah. discontinued. Uh, no, but there is a Brute Woot. <laughs> If you're uh, into really burly guys, you can get one every day. <laughs> There's also a fruit woot, where you can get fresh things delivered to you on a daily basis.
0: <laughs> that one's so obvious. How <laughs> did I not think of that? Uh, we're going to sit here and think of every
2: single word. We are. <laughs> are. There's
1: a toot woot. just sells Beano. <laughs>
0: Uh, is, hmm, is there a, a foot woot for no? You're trying too hard for footwear in general.
1: No. There's there's got to be at least one more. We can do this. I believe in us. <laughs> is
0: there a zoot woot
1: for <laughs> for zoot suits? I hope so. There's also a suit woot <laughs> for non zoot suits.
0: Naturally. Um, is, is jute a thing?
1: No. <laughs> it's not? No. I think jute is a word. I don't think it's a word. I think it is. You're just going through the alphabet at this point. I, I am. It's okay, so am I.
0: <laughs> Ooh, there's a lute, woot for, uh, for lutes. That's a kind of musical instrument, right? There is, That's yeah. different from a flute. It is different
1: from a flute. Okay, a good. lute is a stringed instrument. mm all right what is it there's also loot woot which is for um the things you find in dungeons and pirate chests
0: what is it what is jute
1: it's not a thing
0: it is i knew it what is it jute is a long soft shiny vegetable fiber that can be spun into coarse strong threads so you can have a jute suit woot It, uh, let's see. Ah, uh, it's what you use to make burlap. Burlap yeah. is made out of jute. Good to know. So, uh, so jute, <laughs> jute just sells burlap. Is a sales. burlap wholesaler.
1: <laughs> buy it by the roll, buy it by the pound. <laughs>
0: Is that it? Did we get them all?
1: I hope so. <laughs> this joke stopped being funny like oh, five minutes ago. Uh,
0: root woot for, oh, all, man. <laughs> for all of your, uh, you know, like healing roots. Yeah. and tinctures.
1: Not to mention your root vegetables. Right, your potatoes, your turnips, <laughs> your beets.
0: Oh my god! Uh, there's the other suit woot. It's how you hire chimney sweeps. <laughs>
1: I mean, that one's a bad rhyme, but I'll give it to you.
0: (laughs) Oh, my God. I'm so sorry.
1: I don't even know what's happening anymore.
0: (laughs) I think. Okay. My brain went through the whole alphabet.
1: (laughs) We've done them all? Yeah, I think so. I mean, until we get into compound words.
0: Right. But, I mean, we'll save that for later. Yeah.
1: On the next episode. (laughs) (laughs) woot should start
0: like a podcast like the woot cast and it's just this (laughs) it's just making ever more and more complicated words that rhyme with with woot oh
1: man that sounds like a great idea because you
0: can like because then you can do like interior rhyming like inside the word i mean
1: get get lin-manuel miranda up on this
0: yeah he'll be a guest on anything
1: yeah i mean he would come up with all the rhymes for woot (laughs)
0: This reminds me. Um, uh, I don't know if I've told you this or not. When, uh, when I was in, was this middle school or high school? I so yeah, I was like seventh or eighth grade. I had a friend named Neil. Uh, who, we were like bus buddies together. We, like, he lived pr- very close to me, so we had, had like most of the bus ride together. Okay, we sat next to each other, and we spent a couple months. Every bus ride to school with our calculators. Okay. Not graphing calculators. Just, just regular calculators, calculators. Discovering every possible word that you can spell. That's pretty good. By great. holding a graphing calculator up. Uh, that's ha- pretty good. holding great. a calculator upside down and using the numbers. That's. Right. So, like, there's the classic. Oh, yeah, sure. Boobs. Boob. <laughs> right? Yeah, boobs. Boob. Right. Well, that's how it started. We yeah. were like, huh, you can spell boobs. And yeah. we were like, wait, you can also just do boob. And then we were like, what other words can you do? Limitless possibilities. We, over the course of a couple of months, we discovered over four hundred words that can be spelled with just the letters, with just numbers, or numbers upside, upside down on a calculator. calculator. That's
1: pretty great. Yeah, I mean, so obviously you've got you've got B O L S, so that's four letters. H is a four. Oh yeah, an H a is a four upside down. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, you've got S H. You've got so many possibilities from there. E is a three,
0: mm-hmm. and the. Other kind of calculator yeah. for can be an A.
1: Mm. Can you use both of those on the same calculator though?
0: No. Okay, that's why we had two notebooks. <laughs>
1: <laughs> One for each possibility.
0: Yeah, we each our calculators did them differently, so that's we each good. had a notebook.
1: Board. Man, that's that's pretty awesome.
0: Yeah. So every day we'd get on the bus and be like, I thought of these ones, and we'd write them down, <laughs> and then we'd sit there and like. Try them out. Just churn yeah. through yeah. our brains. combinations, yeah. and
1: that's that's pretty awesome. Uh,
0: one of the ones I was most proud of is um, oh, six is a G. Okay, as well. Sure. Yeah. Um, the word sleighs isn't like Santa. Yeah. rides on a sleigh.
1: S L E I G H. Yeah, yep. I can I can see that. Yep. So uh, you you know of MC Front a lot. I've mentioned him yes. before on this podcast. Uh, he has a song that I, I cannot remember the name of it. Uh, is it about
0: calculator words?
1: It is it is inadvertently about calculator words. It is a word problem. It is a mathematical word problem like you would do on a standardized test in the <laughs> like, form of a wrap.
0: Well, like Sally has 30 watermelons.
1: Yes. <laughs> um, and the answer, if you do it correctly and then flip your calculator upside down is boobs is boobies (laughs) (laughs) nice like that's the whole joke wow wow someone thought
0: spelling the word boobies on a calculator was so funny that they wrote a song yeah to lead you to let me
1: see the name of the song and you can you can put in a clip here for it later
0: that's delightful
1: oh okay no it is it is just boobs because the name of the song Mm. is eight zero zero eight five nice it's a very silly i mean i love i love that calculators can write boobs it's it's the most important thing calculators have ever done for us i mean
0: <laughs> like i had a game called dino puzzle on my graphing calculator that was pretty awesome did it say boob no but like i cared about it more than i cared about boobs
1: whoa i am it was a fun I, yeah. game. Uh, speaking of, of calculator games in the style, uh, we were talking about... You remember Snake on the old candy bar phones? Yeah. Uh huh. Um, I said to myself when we were, I was talking to other people about this, I bet, I bet there's an app that lets you play Snake on old candy bar phones on your phone. Mm. There totally is. Yeah, of and it course. puts a picture of the phone on your screen <laughs> and you've got to hit the little number keys as <laughs> if you were playing it. Um, and it emulates like Snake on like six different phones.
0: Yeah, I had an old... Uh... My mom handed down to me a Nokia, yeah, candy bar brick, and I played a lot of Snake on yeah. it. that's all
1: there was. That's what you got. It's a good phone. It's a solid phone still. Man, that phone. Didn't they make like a version of it recently, like remake it? Oh, probably. Yeah.
0: I mean, like, I don't know. Smartphones are kind of evil. I'd take an old candy bar phone yeah, again.
1: You can get one. My uh, future. Brother-in-law has a flip phone.
0: Really? Yeah. Doesn't have a
1: smartphone. He also has a smartphone.
0: Oh, why does he also have a flip phone?
1: I don't remember.
0: Is it like a for his job thing, or is it? It might weird? be.
1: He's a, he's like a reporter. Hmm. I don't think you knew that. <laughs> no. Yeah. I didn't I, know that. He works for. I, he may be an editor now. He may have gotten a promotion.
0: Why? Why would someone need a flip phone? I don't
1: think he needed a flip phone. I think he wanted a flip phone. That's. Very strange. Yeah, he's kind of a weird dude. Nice guy. Is it a drug thing? I don't mm-hmm. think it's a drug thing. I mean, he does have some money. It might be a drug that, thing. That He's getting
0: that reporter money. Yeah. There's there's no such there's thing. There's, no there's such thing. reporter <laughs> money. There's no reporter money.
1: No. And he works for a paper in Oklahoma City. Hmm.
0: Yeah, definitely no reporter money. The Oklahoman. Money. That's a nice name.
1: I mean, they do some solid reporting. There was a really interesting uh, story that he was a part of recently which is say last six months or so mm-hmm. um, about like all of the unsolved homicides in Oklahoma city. Mm. Cause there's a bunch of them.
0: Did he uh, solve any?
1: No, mm. it was more sort of an expose of the fact that like, Hey, if you get murdered, there's not necessarily someone who's going to solve it. Yeah. Too bad. Yeah. Well, I mean, sort of like pointing out that like, I mean, that's what reporters do Yeah. is, you know, they find out things that should surprise you and say, you should probably know about this.
0: Yeah kind of like a hey the detective department
1: yeah they should they should maybe figure out who murdered all these people yeah like
0: they're not they're not a great hit rate yeah that's interesting
1: yeah hmm
0: it's weird thinking about the idea that like things happen in oklahoma
1: apparently they do all the time including but not limited to murders and reporting yeah
0: and reporting that's it though yeah do you ever get that feeling where you, where you realize that like I think there's one of those like weird words for like German words for this. Yeah. But I get it when I'm like in a new city or even just like flying Mm -hmm. and like you see a different city and you're like, oh, there's just like a million people here who like do things and have lives and Mm -hmm. like.
1: There is a word for that. It's Sonder. S-O-N-D-E-R. Oh, yes. Yes. Uh, The sort of realization that everyone around you is like living a detailed and complicated life not unlike your own
0: it's a little different from that because yeah. it's to what I, the sensation i'm thinking of is related to the like difference in geography from you okay but like because i can get that like walking around the city you can. right yeah. i'm like oh look at these are just strangers around me but they all have lot right like i know that feeling but this one is like the fact that there's a whole city somewhere else, like somewhere else full of people that I've never been, and they're all doing something, and i've never like I have no way of understanding what they're doing because I've never physically been there hmm. like they're in a totally different like geographical context than I've ever been in yeah but, but there's probably a word for that, but too. somehow it still exists, yeah, it's like you know in the old uh real time strategy games where the map is black until you walk there and explore it Yeah, the fog of war. Yeah. Fog of war. It's like, it's like when you reveal the, the fog of war is revealed and you're like, Oh, there's like a whole bunch of stuff happening here. And I just never had any way of knowing there was stuff happening.
1: Yeah. I do think about that sometimes. I I think about it when I think about it, it's not often when I'm in a place, although that has happened, but I think about it when I think about places I've been to and have not returned to
0: Mm, like, it's still happening.
1: there. Yeah. Um, Prague is a good example. I spent a month in Prague when in grad school uh, and it was amazing. I like want to go back. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think about it every now and then. I think about my time there and I think about like, oh, this restaurant I went to a bunch, like it probably still exists. And like people are eating food there regularly. Yeah. Um, but that was like four, more than four. I've lived in Austin for six years. That was like seven or eight years ago. Huh? Yeah or like the theater that i went to because we went to the national theater a bunch like that is consistently putting on plays for the last eight years like and has not stopped existing because i haven't seen it right but it's hard to it's hard to rationalize or wrap your head around things existing that you can't experience or don't experience
0: there's kind of a um and yeah i know i'm like using this example wrong it's kind of like a schrodinger's cat yeah. This element to you it. You are using like, that example wrong. Right. But, like, but, <laughs> but uh, it's like there's something to the fact that, like, I'm not observing it. Yeah, so, so, how can it be real? Yeah. Like, well, your
1: your brain can't comprehend things that you're not experiencing. Right. It's but, very difficult to do so.
0: Like, I remember the first time I visited, uh, like, other big cities, like San Francisco or Portland mm-hmm. that I've been to in the last couple of years. And, like, you go to that city and you're like, oh, like, this major city's been here forever. Yeah. Like, somehow it was here forever and I... Th- that just wasn't never knew? Ever? <laughs> yeah. Like, I knew, I knew in my brain it existed, but, like, when you get there, you didn't you're like... did experience it. Huh. Like, I didn't just, like, spawn this into creation through my <laughs> observation, did I? No. It was there the whole time. Probably. And I'm just now observing it. Yeah. And, yeah, like, I was in Portland five something years ago yeah and, and it's, it's still there
1: apparently
0: still just going yeah and right i guess yeah. hopefully
1: this has been kevin and jesse aren't high but kind of act <laughs> like they are sometimes
0: <laughs> this is hey at least we're not talking about root woot anymore <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> this is an improvement i guess <laughs> I have to pee. Mm. Could you, uh, you know, entertain the folks while I'm gone?
0: Mm. Ooh, I should do a sponsor read. Mm. Couch talk this week is brought to you by our sponsors at Craigslist for sale in Austin subcategory heavy equipment. <clears throat> Two thousand five three eighty seven Peterbilt for twenty five thousand dollars. Excellent condition, clean, 600-horse Caterpillar engine, 18-speed, 24.5-inch tall rubber. This truck is ready to go to work. Couch stock is also brought to you by 1998 Dozer, $18,300 in Bertram. 1998 John Deere 450 Dozer has six-way blade, full sweeps, enclosed brush cage, wench, and live hydraulics. Excellent undercarriage. She's just in her work clothes. Couch Talk is brought to you finally by this 2004 Cornhusker Hopper Bottom Trailer for $18,900 in Bertram. 42 foot, 72 inch sides, all aluminum, lightweight, good condition. And finally, finally, Couch Talk is brought to you by this 2006 CPS Belly Dump Trailer, $18,200 in Bertram. Great condition, 24 and inch tires, asphalt tarp included there's a dog in this picture so you know get this one there's a dog (laughs) and finally 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 couch talk is brought to you by this 1984 rolls royce golf cart for seven thousand five hundred dollars in rockdale 36v volt 36v has original seat not used much a real classic call ronnie Once again, that is a 1984 (laughs) Rolls Royce golf cart for $7,500. You can call Ronnie. Call Ronnie.
2: Call
1: Ronnie. Uh, I was thinking of other things that could sponsor uh, Couch Talk. Uh Uh-huh. And uh, I was like, Couch Talk, brought to you by peeing off a bicycle in the Tour de France. (laughs) If you're going to pee off a bicycle, do it in the Tour de France. (laughs) That amused me.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah. Do it in the Tour de France. Yeah. Don't do it while just you're do just it like else. riding your bike yeah. around. <laughs> You'll get arrested.
1: Yeah, but if it's in the Tour de France, it's cool. Yeah, it's part of the uh, the ouvre. Yeah. I don't know if I'm using ouvre right. Nah, probably more right than I <laughs> use
0: Schrodinger's
1: cap. <laughs> what else do you want to talk about? So, a needle pulling thread. Um, I was in that play once.
0: What character were you?
1: Captain Von Trapp. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, which is rough because I can't sing.
0: <laughs> There's, he sings a lot.
1: Yeah, we cut most of his songs. Mm.
0: Did, did, like other people still sing though, right? Yeah. Okay, good.
1: We just cut Captain Von Trapp's <laughs> songs because <laughs> I can't sing. Um,
0: I saw Baby Driver.
1: Baby Driver's a good movie.
0: I saw it as well. Mm, I thought it was bad. Like bad? I thought it. Uh, it's not a. It's not a bad movie. I just didn't like any of it. Really? Yes. That surprises I me. Did I just didn't like it? That
1: also surprises me. I want. I want to hear you articulate these thoughts. So, I um.
0: I was very excited about Baby Driver. As was I. I like Edgar Wright. Yeah. I'm not like an Edgar Wright super fan. Um, But, like, his style and skill at, like, using, like, the visual composition of mm-hmm. his movies is incredible. Yeah. And I really wanted to see that applied to, like, cars going fast. Yeah? <laughs> right? This had cars going fast? It had cars going fast. Like, I wanted... I think what I wanted was Fast and Furious...
1: As directed by Baby Driver?
0: But... Edgar Wright? (laughs) But, like, styled and, like, silly and lighter and funnier the way I thought Edgar Wright would would make it. Okay. And I get that Fast and Furious, like, isn't really all that serious anyway. Yeah. But it is, like, hyper macho. Mm Mm-hmm. And so, like, I wanted... It is hyper macho. Right, and Baby Driver wasn't that. But I I wanted, like, the... um, Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, and... Of of
1: car chase movies? Yeah,
0: and like silliness of car chase movies. And so part of the reason I didn't like it was it really rejected my expectations. Yeah. In that it was very serious and intense. Yes. In a lot of ways. Yes, absolutely. And I had no idea that was coming. Okay. And I... So aside from being surprised by it, I also just didn't think it worked. Hmm. I don't think it earned it. Um like I think the mixture of Edgar Wright's style which is seems to be like inherently like light and fun Mhm. like didn't mix well with like the genuine like emotional stakes it tried to pull and like the actual intense violence it was displaying. Mm-hmm. Like th- that, just it. The contrast there, like I was very conscious of it while I was watching it. I was like, "This is way too violent and serious for like the way it's being presented to me."
1: That's really interesting.
0: Um, there was stuff I liked. Like it, it was Edgar Wrighty. Like I enjoyed watching the cars driving
1: around. Yeah, like it was some amazing it was car really, and it
0: had a lot of those like tiny little elements. I remember a couple shots were like, like the cars full and they're driving and swerving around the city and like showing. The, the framing of, like, the people in the car, like, swaying back and mm-hmm. forth as the car is turning. There were a couple just, like, really just, like, mwah, like, little yeah. moments like that. But I think, overall, the movie just just felt bad to me.
1: How did how did you feel about the musical element?
0: I thought the musical element was pretty cool. Um, like, I remember there's a moment where, I think it's the first time he goes and he gets coffee and he brings it back. And yeah. And he's putting the coffee cups down on the table. And, like, the... The way the the sound engineering works where the music is being blended with the foley of the, of what's happening the cup the scenes, hitting the table yeah. and sliding around. And like that was really unique and yeah. cool and exciting. Um A lot of the times when like big action was happening and a song was happening on top of it, mm-hmm. things are lining up to correspond with the music. Yes. But I thought it was... And there was a lot of times where it too much was happening, and it was too busy, and it got overwhelming mm-hmm. to the senses. Yeah, and it, I thought it, I think it needed to be clarified a bit for it to be followable and understandable while you're listening to it. That's so a fair. lot of times it just got way too confusing, yeah. and muddy. Um, but there were smaller moments where I was like, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah like the credit sequence when he's like dancing through the city mm-hmm. to go get that coffee. Yeah. Like that was That's cool and scene. fun. Um, I did really like the, in the, in the beginning, I really liked his inner, the baby's interaction with his, um, caretaker. Yeah. His foster, his foster dad, foster yeah. father, I guess. Um, Like, using sign language and the way they use it, I thought was really Mm -hmm. cool. Like, making him, like, having him in a wheelchair and be deaf was fun. Like, the way that he could kind of appreciate the music with him was cool. Like, there were cool, like, character things and story moments like that. But then, when the movie went so far as to, like, put his foster father's, like, life in danger, Mm -hmm. like, those kinds of decisions just felt too extreme for me. Like, I I didn't buy it. Yeah. So I and it felt too
1: extreme. That's interesting. You say you didn't buy it, because um, I went into it with very different expectations. First of all, like I, I didn't expect a comedy. Like I didn't expect Edgar Wright to be making a funny movie. Did you watch the trailers? I watched the good ones.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the trailers made it seem like a like a light, fun comedy. So there's there's about a people couple driving different trailers
1: past. that have very different feels, um, and so yeah, I could definitely see that going into it. I was expecting. Um, the, the hyper-stylized Edgar Wright taken to a further extent, um, you know, of the, the Shaun of the Deads, of the Scott Pilgrim, which I think is is still an amazing film. Yeah, I love Scott Pilgrim. Yeah. Um, and that sort of hyper-realistic style. Uh, and applying it to a car film, but I didn't expect it to be like Scott Pilgrim or a continuation of the Cornetto trilogy. Like, I I really, right. I feel like, particularly with The World's End, I feel like he put that aside, like at the end of the world's end, he's I mean he's literally blowing up the universe in which his movies take place. <laughs> Spoiler alert.
0: <laughs> I, I haven't seen World's End. Like I'm I'm not I'm not
1: so intrigued right that yeah. I'm like in. So, like into The World's End, end great film. I've heard um yeah. takes a couple watches to really appreciate. Oh, really? Yeah. Maybe I'll appreciate
0: Baby Driver more.
1: I don't know. Um well you wouldn't ex- have the same expectations going in watching it a second time. Yeah, so That's maybe true. I
0: could like be more settled and like yeah. it.
1: Um because the world's end is not as funny as hot fuzz.
2: Mm. I
1: think hot fuzz is his funniest film. Yeah, it's hilarious. It's an Im- it's it is just delicious comedy. Um I do not think world's end is as funny as hot fuzz, but I think it might be a better film. Okay, yeah. Um and I and I think like it, world's end has the same meticulous craftedness that hot fuzz has. So I don't know how much you know about hot fuzz. I've watched it a bunch. you have seen it once once, or or twice. twice? So there's a really, there's just a a beautiful thing that Edgar Wright does in his movies. And this is an example of it that happens in Hot Fuzz. Um, When Simon Pegg's character gets to the town for the first time and he does sort of his first big walkthrough of the city and meets everybody and they're all like, oh, good evening detective Mm -hmm. or whatever his, you know, title is. Good morning. Good morning. And he's like, this town is too bucolic and I'm a city cop and it's a fish out of water. Yeah. And so he he walks through the city and meets everybody and that scene is mirrored in the climax in that he goes through the town during the epic gunfight and meets the same people in the same places except this time they're trying to shoot him.
0: And and what each character was in the beginning when he's meeting them plays a part in who they are during the final gunfight yes. in, in a humorous way. Yeah, yeah,
1: absolutely. And and that is that is the meticulousness that Edgar Wright is going to put into his film that is a heightened reality. It is not meant to be realistic yeah. at all. It's meant to be silly. Yeah. Um, and World's End does the same thing for the entirety of the movie. So at the beginning of World's End... Simon Pegg's character tells the story of the the Golden Mile and his, you know, group of six friends that did this amazing thing Mm -hmm. and didn't quite succeed. Like, they failed at the end, and he's always wanted to go back and do it for real. Twelve pubs and twelve, you know, twelve beers and twelve pubs, the Mm -hmm. Golden Mile. Um, And he tells the story of this one epic night from his teenagerhood, and then the movie is about him recreating that night with his group of friends, getting them all back together, and it, the rest of the movie mirrors that first night but Mm. in a more heightened extreme and supernatural sort of a way Um, and so it's like you see the entire movie in the first 10 minutes (laughs) you just didn't know it yet
0: yeah that's yeah that's cool (laughs) I
1: mean that's very Edgar Wright yeah Um, and every every pub name is tied into the story and what's happening and like there's there's all of this stuff going on that is Mm. beyond realistic Um, and Baby Driver doesn't have that like Baby Driver is not a plot movie no. It is a spectacle movie. It is if you are not on board with the car chases syncing up with the music, you're not going to be on board with it. And, it. and and I knew that going into it. Hmm. I like and I think the movie kind of acknowledges is a little bit in that you don't know any of the characters' real names. Like they're they're baby right. and bats and doc and whatever John Ham's character's name is, who cares it was John Ham. John Ham. <laughs> yeah, it was John Ham. It, it was it was angry just, John Ham. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and, and so by using those archetypes, it told me none of this matters. I, so I was not invested in the characters or the story. Except later it
0: tries to make you feel like it matters. Because it's putting lives at risk. It's it's killing people. Mm-hmm. Like a bunch of... Spoiler for Baby Driver. Like a bunch, a bunch of, of people, die. people die. And a bunch of the people's lives are seriously at risk in a way where you're supposed to care about it. But... A little bit, yeah. But the movie... So the thing that you just mentioned, and then also the fact that the movie's story falls into a very like fairy tale kind of template. Mm-hmm. Like... Undermines the seriousness of what the plot tries to do, and it doesn't feel
1: earned. I guess I guess that's valid. I I can't disagree with that. But I also, by the time the the denouement is happening, so we get to the the end on the bridge, and that's roughly the end of the movie.
2: Mm-hmm. That's
1: like the emotional end of the movie, and then there's sort of the stuff that happens afterwards. Right, and. I'm being intentionally vague. Cause I do want people to go see the baby driver. Cause I think it's worth seeing. Like I, yeah. I would recommend anybody go see baby driver for the spectacle. Yes. <laughs> for the beautifully crafted non CGI car chases. There's
0: some really incredible car chasing for
1: the fact that the gunfights and car chases sync up to the soundtrack. Yeah. Like that's something I think I will appreciate more on later viewings.
0: I, yes. And I can definitely watch it again for that appreciation of the mm-hmm. spectacle. Um, I would really really like to baby for baby driver to be an influential movie and see <laughs> and see this kind of style and construction happen more. Yeah, like, that would I, be awesome. I love like carefully editing. Mm-hmm. Like
1: well v- and all v- of the right stuff has been perfectly edited. Like that's right. one of his hallmarks.
0: But the, but this is like the whole point of this is for like literal like touches and actions mm-hmm. in the shot to line up with a musical oh, cue like beautiful i want lots of movies to do that yeah that'd be great yeah and i so i think it'd be cool I, this is obviously going to be a successful movie it has a 97 of rotten tomatoes right now obviously lots of people like it mm-hmm. and it's going to be influential so i think that's yeah. cool
1: yeah but um i also think this is spoilerish or um i mean it's a theory i have a theory uh, and it's not like a great theory, but it's the theory that I had in the theater when this was happening, mm-hmm. is that Baby's dead after the bridge.
0: Hmm, you think so?
1: Yeah. Um, and I think that, and it's and it's not subtle, and I don't think this is a subtle movie, and this is why I think that, because it's not a subtle movie, but like every scene of him in the prison and like coming out of the prison is solid white. <laughs> he is wearing white the prison is white everyone around him is in white i think he's dead and the scene of him getting out of prison and getting in the car is heaven or the afterlife or whatever and i don't think it's subtle and i don't think it's supposed to be subtle
0: i didn't consider that have you read this elsewhere
1: No, this is the, this is literally like I haven't, I've read almost nothing on Baby Driver because I've been stewing on it and trying to figure out like what I think about it. But like in the theater, I was like, I, I think he's dead.
0: And plot wise, that would make like, I could buy that because he may not him directly too much, but his actions result in lots of cops dying Yeah, and cops really like to get revenge when other Mm -hmm. cops die. So I could see him. Like, like I see
1: the bridge happening. Like he gets out of the car and they shoot him and toss him off the bridge. Yeah, or or whatever. Or yeah. But I like. I think that is the end of baby baby's story. I think he dies there, and the rest is afterlife or the last throes of death or whatever you want to look at that as. Yeah. And
0: I do like that theory. That's good.
1: And and reading that, I think you know in that moment, I think that puts the rest of the film in a really interesting light for me that I was much more willing to be on board. I was pretty on board with it the whole time anyway, as as silly and not actually caring about anybody, even mm-hmm. if the movie wanted me to. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure other people will come up with this theory, because I, I don't think it's subtle. I think it's pretty clear.
0: No, now that you say it, it's not at all.
1: Um, no, I think, you know, I also think Baby Driver wants to have sex with his mom, which is another <laughs> thing worth exploring. <laughs> Yes. Um, like he literally immediately falls in love with a woman who works at the diner his mom used to work at and looks just like her. Yeah. Like
0: That's part of the fairy tale aspect yes, of it.
1: Yes. Um, and I, I don't think the movie explores that enough because I, I wanted them to. <laughs> <laughs> but like, oh, she sings and his mom sang and they're the same thing and they probably wore the same outfit and, yeah like, like we got Oedipal Complex all over this thing. Yeah. And does kind of kill his father figures <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, yeah so um but i but i also think and this is just my reading of i think all of that was very intentional because doing more than that would have taken away from the spectacle and this was a movie that edgar wright made for the spectacle I think he
0: should have made it even more just for the spectacle.
1: I, I'm behind that. Like, I think that would have made it even better. Yeah. I don't think he succeeded in every step on the spectacle process, and I and those are the areas where I'm like, this could have been better. Car chases were amazing. Mm-hmm. I think I think more scenes like the opening credits would have been really good. That were that it were interstitial music mm-hmm. tied scenes rather than just the action scenes. Um, but yeah, I I think that could have been done better, yeah, I mean obviously no one's ever done this before, and so the fact that it got made it all is amazing, yeah, but I'm absolutely with you on so let's get someone to do it again, but more and better,
0: right yeah like I, i'm I'm wondering who else could make a
1: movie like this I don't think anyone could well not right now
0: <laughs> like if if you were gonna ask me like before this ever came out or I knew about baby driver, who could make a movie that like hyper blended the music with the editing? Mm-hmm. Like Edgar Wright's the first on the list for mm-hmm. sure. Right? Like he's the person who could make this movie out yes. of anybody. Yes. But like I want more people to make movies like this. So yeah. like
1: who else would it be? I mean what what it kind of feels like in a weird way. Um, and I, I don't say this because I, I don't like this other person. It kind of feels like Pulp Fiction.
0: Yes. that's I I thought this earlier today and that's the point <laughs> I was waiting to drop. <laughs>
1: Yes. Like, so so Pulp Fiction was a groundbreaking film. And and Quentin Tarantino made other films before that. He's made other films after it, and they're mostly terrible. Um, But... Pulp Fiction made a lot of other movies possible as well, Mm -hmm. and this feels like a Pulp Fiction moment for Edgar Wright. And if that's the case, and this becomes the ability for him to make all the other movies he wants,
0: yay! Let's hope he does it better than Quentin Tarantino did.
1: Yes, that's that's what I really want. (laughs) I also think Edgar Wright's earlier films were better than Quentin Tarantino's earlier films. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, Reservoir Dogs is good, but it's not Shaun of the Dead good. (laughs) It's not World's End good.
0: Um yes i had so earlier today i literally had this like epiphany and my thought was baby driver portrays coolness in the same way pulp fiction portrays coolness yeah there's Um, definitely a connection there and there are like and there are just a lot of like hard similarities like there's there's the cars there's Mm -hmm. the crime Mm -hmm. there's the diner yeah like that's true right there's a lot of just like feeling similarities Mm -hmm. to to pulp fiction but then yeah the the coolness of it like baby wants to be cool in the same way that travolta and um uh jackson are Mm -hmm. cool in pulp fiction Um, yeah baby
1: driver baby feels like a guy who really liked pulp fiction as a kid (laughs) yes exactly (laughs) And I, I'm scared of those men. Yeah, yeah like, well, I think you should be scared of baby. Like I don't, I don't think yeah. he is innocent. And I think, I think if you take the film literally, and particularly the last denouement of the film literally, it portrays him as like this super nice innocent kid who just got mixed up in the wrong stuff. Right. And I don't think that's true. Like he's a bank robber.
0: Yeah, like a health, a person with like a healthy mind would have like just broken down and started crying instead of like turn like being like all right i guess i'll start killing
1: yeah (laughs) like i i like well and and the fact that he's been doing this as long as he has there's a lot of bundles in that Mm -hmm. hole in the ground Mm -hmm. like he is he's not a good person yeah and i think a potentially surface level reading of the film because he's the protagonist we think he's a good person. It's almost the same as like the Breaking Bad problem, where people <laughs> yes. identify a little bit too closely with Walter White. Yeah, it's like no, he's the bad guy. Yes, um, and I think I don't think there is a good guy in Baby Driver. But I think we we have to acknowledge that Baby's not a good guy either. Just because right. we're seeing the world through his eyes and as a protagonist, and so I want him to die at the end because I think that is a The the (laughs) justice, such as it is, being Mm. served.
0: Yeah, there's people more evil than he is. Mm -hmm. But yeah, he's definitely more evil than good. Uh Um,
1: I mean, he was boosting cars at 10 years old. Like, that's not a nice thing. Just because he moved into something different. Right. Yeah.
0: Um, The one other major thought I had about it and I wish I had been conscious of this question while I was watching it. Mm-hmm. Because now reflecting back, I can't be sure of the answer. But as far as my memory is accurate, I don't think the movie passes the Bechtel test. No. No. Right? Not at all. Like because there's no, I mean the
1: Debra is barely a person.
0: Yeah. Debra is diner girl and yeah. she's his love interest. Yeah. And then the only other female character.
1: Other than the dead mom. Yeah.
0: There's dead mom, but all she does is get punched by her husband and crash. Yeah. Her car and sing. And sing. Um, the only other female character is, I forget her name. Hot girl. Yeah. Jon Hamm's
1: uh, girlfriend. Yeah. Um, Which is is saying something. I can remember like Bats, Jamie Fox's character, but not this woman because yep. she's
0: barely a character, and her characterization is she's attractive
1: and attracted to John Man. but who isn't?
0: I pff, I am yeah, exactly <laughs> um, the the thing that I thought was really egregious and like made me feel mm-hmm. was really gross is when uh, they're in the room all talking and Bats is oggling her mm-hmm. in a way that is working to characterize Bats as a bad guy. Yes. Because he's objectifying and ogling mm-hmm. her. But still... She gets up and walks towards baby, and the camera like oh, absolutely, like, tiger on her ass follows yeah. her ass as yeah. she walks over, and yeah. it's like, and the ca- and the and the sh- movie is saying the camera is bats perspective, mm-hmm. and he's but watching also, her. And hey, Dean look at her ass, right? And yeah. like, like you can portray bats as being a womanizing asshole without allowing me to d- be the same. Yeah, yeah, um, and so like that bothered me. I was oh, like, absolutely, like, yeah, like Edgar Wright seems like. I right, like Edgar Wright should be cool. Edgar Wright should like be on board with. Yeah, but if you look at his history of
1: like women in his films, there's not much to speak of.
0: And and I get like, and there's something valuable that like Edgar Wright's, especially the Cornetto Cornetto trilogy. Mm-hmm. As I mean, I've only seen the first two. Yeah, but like his movies are about men. Yeah, and are like for men. Like, mm-hmm. but not in a like. Like, butts and guns way. But but in a, like... His movies are about male relationships. Yes. Right? His
1: movies are about male relationships. So and, I, and portray them in a very complex light.
0: Right. Which yeah. I think is great and valuable. Yeah. But also, like, you should...
1: You, you should pass the Bechdel test. Like, you should acknowledge the fact that you're not... I mean, like, you should be aware of that in, when you're making a film and you get to the end and you go, Oh, man, nobody... Nobody passed back to test here. This is not great. Right. Um, and you should get there before that. Um I'm not even sure Scott Pilgrim passed it. It had, you know, three or four major female characters right. between Ramona and Knives and Kim and Envy.
0: But their only connection to each other was through Scott.
1: Yes, which is a problem. And and yeah. I would say Scott Pilgrim was the best in terms of female representation. It's also not something he, like, wrote from scratch. Like, those were all characters that Mm. came out of the original work. Right, yeah, yeah. So I don't don't put that at his feet. Yeah, the Cornetto movies are original scripts, right? Yeah, he wrote them with Simon Pegg. Okay. Um, And then Simon Pegg wrote Star Trek Beyond, and I realized that Edgar Wright was the one with the talent.
0: (laughs) Did Edgar Wright write Baby Driver?
1: Yeah. As well? Technically, he storyboarded Baby Driver first. That's a really interesting thing about the film. that was come up in some interviews and stuff. Is that he storyboarded it first and then wrote the script? Famously, like uh, Mad Max. Oh yeah, I guess Mad Max did the same thing. Yeah, uh,
0: but there was literally wasn't even a script afterwards. Yeah, yeah. It was just
1: storyboards. Yeah, um, and he did that so that he could plan the songs and the soundtrack and and the shots all together and making that a thing.
0: Yeah, it's the kind of movie that that feels natural. Yeah, for.
1: yeah. Um, and I I I was not familiar with ninety. 90- percent of the songs
0: Mm, neither was i
1: and i think if i was more familiar with them the music car chase song stuff would play better and Mm. so that's why i think that i will appreciate it more in future viewings
0: well it was all like 60s 70s music Mm -hmm. right and all which is an interesting decision because like i wonder how this movie would play with the public if it was like uh, taking advantage of like '90s nostalgia, mm-hmm. like, what if it played a bunch of like, what if it was like '90s pop, like
1: grunge hit, and that would like <laughs> feel
0: appropriate for, for the character, for Baby yeah. and his age, yes. like. But what what he's nostalgic for is his mother, is his mother's music, yes, right. Um, but if it was for himself, like it could be like '90s music, and, yeah. And, and I
1: think and, might play better, maybe. Like, but I also know that music better, like so. some,
0: yeah, someone like me and all us millennials who are going to see this movie mm-hmm. would have a further personal connection to it yeah i
1: think that's true um
0: but uh i'm wondering how much the success of guardians of the galaxy affected the music choice yeah there's a, relation, a really interesting there's thing a relation there. between baby driver and guardians because guardians like didn't do the same thing with the music yeah, and but editing, they made but, music
1: a big part of the experience right
0: and it was a similar era music. Yeah,
1: although it was all music i recognized like i knew The opposite number of songs I knew of Baby Driver I knew for (laughs) Guardians of the Galaxy.
0: The Guardians used bigger hits. Yes. But I think like from the same era, mostly. Yeah, yeah, roughly Um, the same era. I wonder if... I wonder if Guardians used bigger hits because Disney has more money.
1: Well, so... Edgar Wright said that every song in that movie was what he wanted it to be. Hmm, So, like, he picked the music and said these are the songs we're going to use... And cleared the rights before starting production. How old is Edgar Wright? He's got to be in his mid-40s. I mean, he was making TV shows 20 years ago. So that's not even necessarily his music. Not either. necessarily, no. That's weird. It is. It's an interesting thing. I mean, to be fair, I'm really into music of the 80s, which is not my generation's music. Mm. Um, like Talking Heads, They Might Be Giants. Those are, you know, the new wave sort of group of stuff I really enjoy. Oingo Boingo. Boingo. Yeah. You know, bands that split up in the mid-90s that I've discovered later in life that I l- love. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, they might be guys who are still playing because they're awesome, but...
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, Someone has to survive.
1: Yeah. But, that, but so I, I can understand being into music of a different era and mm-hmm. knowing it really well. Yeah. But yeah, he cleared all the music that he wanted. He also something really interesting, which is he wrote the script... When he wrote the script, he then sent it to the actors with the soundtrack, like on a CD, mm, like and listen like, while you read. Well, yeah, and like with cues, like hey, start this song here, nice. for this section nice. to get the feel of it.
0: Yeah, um, it it was such a strange experience because it uh, it wasn't the I didn't have like phantom menace syndrome where I was walked like I watched it and I finished <laughs> hey, it. Yeah, we like, like that, right? Yeah, that was great, right? Everybody, right? like, <laughs> like as the movie played, I was like, oh god, I don't like this. Yeah, like. I'm not, I'm not enjoying this. What's happening? Mm-hmm. Which is a really strange experience because I go to the theaters very rarely mm-hmm. and I go to the theaters when I'm very confident that You're a movie like is so thing. good. I'm going to like it. Um, yeah. and I'm used to like, that's kind of problematic too, because <laughs> it, right. Like confirmation bias yeah. is playing a huge part. Yeah. there. Like I go to the movie and I'm like, I'm supposed to like this. This is good. Right. I'm going to like this. And like last time I went to the movies was Arrival, I think
1: and that was great Arrival was great
0: and I was full. like I'd watched the trailers I'd read about it yeah. I was like ready for how good Arrival was going to be and then I went and it was great and I was like yeah that was awesome the whole time Yeah, but same exact thing I had read about Baby Driver I had listened to people talk about how great it was how much they loved it I watched the trailers I was all excited I went because I knew I was going to like it and you didn't and then I was like this is bad what's happening yeah, that's got to suck. But uh, I guess I'm wrong because it's 97% of Rotten Tomatoes and everyone else I've
1: talked to really liked it. Well, so th- this I want to talk about Rotten Tomatoes for a second because I'm, I'm, I don't, I'm not against Rotten Tomatoes. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a little bit against how people interpret Rotten Tomatoes. It means it's only 3% bad. Yeah, that's what it means. Good. <laughs> we, discussion over. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I look at movies like... Uh, the, the example that always comes to mind is The Muppets, the Jason Siegel. Muppets Mm, mm -hmm. came out, you know, four or five years ago. Now the Muppets had a 96, 97% Rotten Tomatoes rating. Mm. Um, And I saw it and it was fine. It was good. It was not great. The songs were bad and that made me sad. That makes it better than the Godfather. Probably. Yeah, probably. (laughs) Um, And the, the thing I always remember when I think about the Muppets and I think about Rotten Tomatoes is Everybody ninety seven percent of people had a positive opinion about it based on however Rotten Tomatoes decides a positive opinion is, which is a whole other problem because they you know if you don't put a number on it, how do they know it's positive? Yeah. We picked. Um and so it's very binarist in that sense, either positive or negative. It's it's fresh or it's rotten mm-hmm. for each review, and then they average those. So ninety seven percent of people who reviewed the movie said it was good. Yeah. But good could be a B minus. Good more than it was bad. Yeah. Um, and so the fact that everybody liked it pretty good does not make it a great film. It means everybody went, yeah, that was pretty good yeah. at the very minimum. Sometimes a movie that's super polarizing, like a 50% run Tomatoes, might be a movie I love. Yeah. Might be a movie I hate. But it's often a movie that has done something more interesting. Mm. I mean, Baby Driver super interesting. Like on that scale, I think it did a great job. Yeah. But you know, a movie that I walk away going, that was amazing. Everybody else goes, that was garbage because it was so out there and unexpected Mm -hmm. and unbelievable. um, Can often be a lower Rotten Tomatoes score. Right. You, you see this with,
0: um, Pixar movies. Yeah. Um, Pixar mostly makes great movies. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes their movies are just good. Yeah. Like once their movie was bad.
1: Yeah, Cars 2.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: I didn't see Cars 2.
0: But when a Pixar movie comes out, usually like the first week or whatever, it's 100%. Yeah. Like all the initial reviews are, pos- are mm-hmm. positive and it's, so it's 100%. And you think like, oh did Pixar just create another masterpiece? No. It's a hundred percent. This is a perfect movie.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But it, but that's like, th- this is a whole other thing, but that's like Pixar's crutch is they know how to make movies that, that everyone gonna like. is going to go. That was more good than bad. Yeah. Therefore, like when a hundred
2: percent rotten tomatoes, when a
0: hundred people say that hundred percent rotten tomatoes, yeah. look, it's the best movie ever. Yeah. But it's, You know, finding Dory. (laughs)
1: Yeah, I haven't seen Finding Dory. Neither have I. I'm sure it's fine, and I'm
0: sure it is more good than bad. Yeah, and everyone else in the world also thinks it's good and bad because Mm -hmm. that is Pixar's skill: is to find a way to make stories that everyone can
1: like. Yeah, but most of their movies are not Wall-E or The Incredibles or Ratatouille. I haven't seen Ratatouille. What? I mean, it's probably more good than bad, right? (laughs) Yeah.
0: Oh, the Incredibles is so good. I can't wait for Brad Bird to do the second he's one. He's
1: gonna ruin it, you know. N- shh, shh, shh,
0: shh. <laughs> Don't,
1: <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna ruin it.
0: No, he's not. You no, know. Ratatou- Ratatou- Ratatouille is my favorite Pixar movie. Yeah,
1: yeah. I, mine's probably The Incredibles. That's the second best one. Yeah, Wally is also great. Wally's great. I think I like The Incredibles more.
0: Mm. God, yeah, Ratatouille is so good. It's
1: about a rat. What, what can
0: be good? No, it's about childhood. <laughs>
1: um, if you ever want to be uh, really fascinated by terrible animation, um, <laughs> look up Ratatouille. Ooh. Uh,
0: it's bad. <laughs> Is it related to
1: Ratatouille? Uh, it's like an asylum level film. I don't think it was made by the asylum, but... Like you know when Transmorphers comes out because Transformers just came out? Mm. It's that sort of a movie. Nice. Um, but it's is real bad. <laughs> mm. Did you see the new Transformers? No. I'd kind of like to though, have after reading articles
0: about it. Oh god. Uh that's one of my favorite things about like following a couple people in like film Twitter mm-hmm. is getting great links to the oh. reviews that just brutalize the Transformers yeah. movies.
1: So one of my favorite uh, current YouTube slash critic people is Lindsay Ellis. Um, I she Mikey linked to her at one point, and mm. I was like, all in. Okay, she's done some. She um she worked for she worked with um Channel Awesome for a long time, who did like that guy with the glasses and Nostalgia Critic. Okay, don't watch any of their videos; they're all garbage. <laughs> um, but so there was a, there was a guy with glasses who called the Nostalgia Critic, and he's still making movies making YouTube videos, but they're garbage. He's a garbage person. Okay. Um, But he wanted to expand his brand, and so he went out and like hired somebody to be another, a critic, but also female, and so she became the Nostalgia Chick because that's what it is. And anyway, Lindsay Ellis was playing that character for a long time (sighs) and made a lot of videos under the name the Nostalgia Chick Um, and eventually like left Channel Awesome and the Nostalgia Critic and all of that sort of stuff because... Basically, they were all garbage people.
0: It, is this like playing on the appeal of nostalgia the way that like BuzzFeed lists about the 90s does? A little bit, yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: Um, but she was like a film studies major and like has a lot of really interesting opinions and and has since moving into her own channel, has made some really awesome video essays. Cool. Um, her one on why Belle in Beauty and the Beast does not have Stockholm Syndrome is real good. Hmm. Uh, she's also got one on um, a lot of Disney stuff uh, she's got one on Hercules um, but she's doing a long form series on the Transformers movies hmm. as, as someone who is a film critic acknowledges that the Transformers movies are hot garbage and absolutely loves them <laughs> <laughs> really um, like loves all of them mm-hmm. as the garbage they are Wow. Um, but what she's doing is she's going through she's going through all of the different she's like she's going through different types of film studies and the various critical lenses that are applied to film studies and using the Transformers movies to explain and talk about them. That's cool. So like talking about auteur theory through the Transformers <laughs> films and Michael Bay, talking about feminist criticism through the Transformers films and Michael Bay. Talking about, like, post-colonialism, I think, is one of the ones she's going to do. Like, we're talking about... (laughs) They're amazing videos. That sounds
0: so hard. Yeah. (laughs) Like, Um, to use the Transformers series to illustrate, like, these concepts. Yeah, and it's... it's,
1: But they're fascinating videos and very well produced. Hmm. And just amazing. Um, And she's still making them, so she's only done, like, four of them so far. Mm -hmm. Um, But, like, talking about, like... Feminist theory through the lens of the Transformers and like h- how the Transformers movies do not have any female Transformers. Mm. But what does it mean to be female and a Transformer? Like you're a giant robot. Yeah. But there's definitely a scene where like Bumblebee pees on a dude and they're all coded as male. <sighs> there is that scene where Bumblebee pees on on uh, John Turturro.
0: How many of the Transform- Transformers movies have you seen? Three. I've also seen three.
1: No. Two and a half.
0: The peas in the second one? First one.
1: No. Yeah. No. Ter- really? Yeah. John Turturro gets peed on by Bumblebee in the first movie. Oh, the second or the third one is the... The balls. The balls. Yeah, that's the second one.
0: And the second one's also the one with the two black ones. Yeah. Jazz and something else. Jazz and
1: racist. <laughs> Yeah.
0: They're so they're so bad.
1: Yeah. But she talks about that and it's really fascinating to hear. Yeah, you know, the series is called The Whole Plate, which is um from a scene in the first movie where a guy eats a bunch of donuts. Oh. I don't remember the I don't get the reference, but um She does have an episode on like why you can't remember anything that happened in the Transformers movie.
0: Because mm. like, there's a little like pattern that plays at the end of each one that wipes your brain?
1: No. uh, It's because of the way the films are made. Um, And the fact that there is literal information overload happening on the screens at all times. And so you cannot process it all. Mm. Um, And she tells a story in in that video talking about how she went and saw Transformers with one of her friends. The first one that came out. And her friend like a couple weeks later was like was there a scene in that movie where Bumblebee peed on Tran- <laughs> on John Turturro? And I'm just like, no. <laughs> no, there couldn't. no. Just like, it's like, I think there was a scene that had like goofy sound effects, like a pewing as his hubcap came off and then he peed on John Turturro. And he's like, no, that's not that wasn't in the movie. There couldn't have been. No. That. <laughs> But it definitely, definitely happens in the movie. I do, I do remember it. Yeah, I remember it because it stuck out of my brain real hard. As like, oh, this is the kind of movie we're making. I remember it because I thought John Turturro, no, <laughs> you're better than this. Well, I don't think I knew who he was at the time, so mm. um, it was it was before my Coen Brothers phase. Yeah, like John Turturro, could,
0: <laughs> I'm like I'm sure he made more money than he's ever made playing in Coen Brothers movies. Oh yeah, and that's why. <laughs> And I, like, I fully respect actors who do that. Like, yes, like, you get to be a voice actor in the Garfield movie or whatever, yeah. so you can make your millions of dollars. Isn't,
1: um, someone famous, uh, Michael Caine is in the new one. Really? Yeah. And he's got to say Transformers lines. <laughs> like, yeah, like Michael Caine.
0: <laughs> it, but yeah, you know, Michael Caine wants $10 million. Sure. So Who doesn't? he'll show up for a couple mm-hmm. days on the Transformers set and do yeah. his job and leave and still still be Michael Caine.
1: So from what I've read about the newest Transformers there are some really awesome terrible things in it mm-hmm. um, like there's a centuries old cult called, uh, well first of all do you remember the name of uh, Shia LaBeouf's character in the Transformers movies? Even Stevens Yep that was it <laughs> <laughs> His name was Sam Witwicky Okay, I remember that now. Yeah, yeah, it sticks in your head is because it? it's just one of the more terrible things in that movie. Witwicky. <laughs> yeah, Witwicky. yeah, because it's a funny word. Yeah. Um. So it turns out in Transformers the number five, or Transfivers, as I've seen people on the internet calling it, <laughs> <laughs> which is pretty great. What's the latest Fast and Furious? Uh, uh, fate F- of the Furious. Fate, yeah, F eight. Yeah. Of the Furious. Yeah. Uh, yeah, transfivers. fivers <laughs> um, So there's... So Transformers have been on Earth since the age of Merlin. Mm-hmm. Um, and the people that knew about this were a cult called the Witwickans. Oh, God. That's a stretch. <laughs> they were not... No relation to Sam Witwicky. He was just the last descendant of Merlin, or no? Maybe somebody else was. I've only I I can't follow it even when I follow like read about it.
0: Wait, Shia LaBeouf is the last descendant of Merlin?
1: Either that or uh, the current protagonist is Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, one of those two is the last descendant of Merlin. Megan Fox. No, she's not in these movies big anymore. Gun. <laughs> yeah, it <was> big Gun. <laughs> yeah, it's Big Gun. Yeah. Also, uh, Megatron keeps showing up. In these movies, despite having no purpose whatsoever. Oh. Um, he also, apparently in the newest one, I don't know if you like are familiar with the cartoon Transformers at all. Not really. Cool. So Megatron's got a sidekick whose name escapes me right now. Um, Starscream. I remembered yeah. it. Uh, and Starscream was often plotting against Megatron in the cartoon. Mm. Um, he was like devious and treacherous and things like that. A
0: real Sauron to Melkor situation. Absolutely.
1: Probably. I don't know what we're talking about um is that a a hobbits thing Mm -hmm. (laughs) cool (laughs) um but so he was he he was always very deceitful and treasonous Mm -hmm. or whatever trying to become the leader of the decepticons which was not at all true in the movies in the recent michael bay films he was always just like his right hand man or whatever like no deception or treacherous But Megatron shows up in this movie and sees Starscream and goes, ah, Starscream, my treacherous friend, Mm. (laughs) which was not true at any point in time (laughs) for this incarnation of the characters was just a thing to say. Also, um, it turns out that Earth is a transformer.
0: Really? Yep. What does it transform into?
1: A, A planet.
0: But what is the planet? unicron is that like a big earth-sized unicorn
1: no but it's um it's a transformer that originally showed up if i'm 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 stretching here i don't know a lot about transformers
0: you could completely make this up and it'll be just as good
1: (laughs) so in the first transformers movie the animated transformers the movie yes um all of the main transformers die so like optimus prime right Megatron. Bumblebee. Bumblebee. They're all dead. Starscream. Um, And a a planet shows up. Unicron, which is a planet-sized Transformer voiced by Orson Welles.
0: Wow. (laughs) Yeah. Talk about just getting a paycheck.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, this is like 80s Orson Welles, so absolutely. Wow. Uh, And I guess it devours planets or something. I don't remember what what Unicron does, nice. but it's a big deal. Um, but it turns out in this universe, in the Transformers movies, that um, Earth was actually Unicron this whole time. That's why the Transformers have been here forever.
2: Mm.
0: Because they they like being around big Transformer.
1: I guess it doesn't make any sense. This has been Kevin explains a movie he hasn't seen. <laughs> But would like to see.
0: Tune in next time for... What movie do you want to explain next time?
1: Uh, I haven't seen Wonder Woman yet. I can try and explain that.
0: Ah, yeah. I hear she's wonderful.
1: I've, I've heard that as well. Yeah. Although, I don't think they call her Wonder Woman at all in the movie. It's like the Superman thing. When they didn't call the Superman, Superman.
0: What does she transform into?
1: A boat.
2: <laughs> I'd watch that. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I actually watched Beast Wars as a kid. That's what the big one was when I was a kid. Mm. With Optimus Primal. <laughs> he turned into a monkey.
0: Oh, that's so stupid.
1: <laughs> stupid awesome?
0: Yes. I like. I watched a very small amount of the Transformers mm-hmm. cartoons and the Beast Wars cartoons. Yeah. And like... I don't... I don't know why the Transformers movies bother me so much because they're no worse than the cartoons. I think it's They're
1: worse than the cartoons.
2: But like
0: all like all it is at its base uh-huh. is just like, hey, like big loud robots mm-hmm. are fun. Yeah. And I think the
1: And they turn into cars. Right. Like big, big fast cars, big trucks, like yeah.
0: those are things boys think are cool
1: mm-hmm. because they've been told to the patriarchy
0: and cause they are cool. Yes, they are cool. Uh,
1: they're cool for everybody.
0: But then there's something about, I think it's very tied to Michael Bay as a person.
1: Well, Michael Bay is the devil,
0: right? Like there's something about Michael Bay that where he's such a D bag mm-hmm. and like presents himself as if he's so serious about it Mm -hmm. but like i think it's not like it's not like he actually is serious and is just bad like he pretends to be serious and knows he isn't actually but still gets 300 million dollars to make a transformers movie
1: yeah it's working out for him
0: Right, like, but that's it. Like the fact that like people give Michael Bay $300 million to make a Transformers movie and he just like pretends it's this like real serious thing and then just like turns out some nonsense. Yeah. Like that's a very different thing than just making like a fun cartoon with like big machines that boys like.
1: Yeah. Um, apparently the like various Transformers cartoons that have been made since the movies have come back are really good hmm. to various levels. But like there are some really good ones. Plus the comics Like, the Transformers comic books right now are apparently amazing. I know it's a totally different thing. Yeah. But uh,
0: for some reason, I follow some people on Tumblr who are really into this, like, Voltron TV show. Yeah,
1: it's apparently amazing. That,
0: like, is great. And Voltron is similar to Yeah, Voltron
1: is never a thing I got into. But apparently the new show is, uh, is très magnifique.
0: Like, it's good enough for there to be some, like, Weird enthusiastic Tumblr fan. Absolutely,
1: I mean that's true for like ninety percent of everything. almost
0: everything. everything. It, like uh,
1: Transformers isn't like Transformers <laughs> isn't good enough for
0: there uh, to be a Tumblr. I follow fandom. people on
1: Tumblr who are into Transformers. I do,
0: like sincerely.
1: Absolutely, not the movies, but the universe. Oh
0: yeah, yeah, no, no, no. that's like the, <laughs>
1: like like tum- the good stuff. Tumblr will
0: create a fandom for almost any garbage. Yeah, but Sherlock. <laughs> Doctor Who but <laughs> but Transformers is still so bad that Supernatural t- that Tumblr
1: <laughs> we're gonna piss off all the tumblers today
0: <laughs> oh man uh, social justice I don't know
1: uh, yeah it doesn't work as well
0: um yeah, Transformers is so bad that it can't
1: it can't sustain a fandom. Can't the Transformers fandom. films. Yes. Yeah. You know, I lots of, I know lots of people on the internet who like the Transformers universe in spite of the Michael Bay films.
0: Yeah. Like I went to see the first Transformers movie mm-hmm. at a midnight premiere. Do you know this? I don't. Like I you, was You were very excited. Very excited for the Transformers movies because I thought like like spectacle like this is gonna be amazing big robots punching each other
1: there were that there were big robots punching each other
0: but then there was more than that (laughs) well I have good news
1: the later movies I think are just robots punching each other Plus dinosaur robots. But then
0: they have like Mark. I, I get, and Mark Wahlberg. I get the feeling that there's also Mark Wahlberg in like some like rah-rah America message. There might be. I mean, I, Michael Bay's into that. Because like that's always associated with Mark Wahlberg yeah. for me. And that makes them bad. Yeah.
1: Also, Michael Bay makes them bad. Yeah, he makes them bad. Like He makes them and they are bad. <laughs> he, he does
0: know how to make a swooping crane shot. It's his in, favorite in Golden Hour. Have you seen
1: um, have you seen the Every Frame a Painting episode on on Bayhem? Yes. I mean, honestly like that made me go like, "Oh, I can appreciate the craft of Michael Bay."
2: Yeah,
0: like he is talented at something. Yeah. And unfortunately it's not anything else it's about it. It's not making, making good movies.
1: films. No. Even like Pain and Gain which people are like, "Oh, it's good for a Michael Bay film was not great. Mm. It was still pretty garbage." Mm.
0: Michael Michael Bay should have been a DP for the rest of his life.
1: Yeah, he can do that pretty well. Right? Like, he, Yeah, he'd be a good DP. That's it. Man, imagine if he was the DP for an Edgar Wright film.
0: <laughs> oh my God, I just had the worst thought of my life. Oh no. Uh, I think Michael Bay could make a good DP for The Lord of the Rings.
1: Yeah. I think you're right. You you put a good director in the chair and you have him be DP? Yeah. That'd be an awesome looking with, movie. With like the, the entire rest of the creative team
0: has all the power, right? Yeah. And the, it's just like, Michael Bay, make the camera do good stuff. Yeah.
1: Like. Don't write the script. Right. Don't tell the actors where to stand. Don't set up the lights. I think, like, like there's stuff in Lord of the Rings
0: that is Michael Bay-ish. Yeah. And like the grandeur and the oh, scale. Oh, absolutely. The swoop, like. I'd love to see Michael Bay swoop around as if it was an eagle over some mountains. That would and like, be pretty awesome. Travel through a city during like a battle. as
1: as Gandalf and Frodo sit on the back of an eagle and fly to Mount Doom. Like that's gonna be like, that's gonna be just a killer shot.
2: That's
1: just gonna be beautiful, and it would be short enough to enjoy something that Michael Bay was involved yeah. in. Less than ninety minutes. The uh, the new Ninja Turtles movies are are like Michael Bay knockoffs. Was he involved in them? He was a producer, mm. and it's like you got someone who wanted to direct a Michael Bay movie but didn't know how.
0: And like Michael Bay was telling them what to do, but they couldn't. Yeah, but he was, he wasn't on set
1: do. while he was telling them. He was describing <laughs> it over the phone
0: while snorting coke off. Oh do of God. know,
1: the- the, that movie made me so angry. I've never, I didn't see it. Well, so I was, I was an Ninja Turtle as a child, as you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was Donatello, the best one.
0: Which weapon is that?
1: It's the Bow Staff. Nice, okay. He was the smart one. Donatello does machines. Mm. Raphael is cool but rude. Michelangelo is a party dude.
0: <laughs> <laughs> What's Leonardo? Leonardo leads. Okay. It's not that exciting. Okay. Yeah. Technically
1: bu- leads. Leonardo leads. Donatello does machines. Raphael is cool but rude. Michelangelo is the party dude. Cowabunga! <laughs> Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I told you this at the beach. I bought a season of Ninja Turtles for five dollars. You told yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, it was good. Mm-hmm. Um, so I loved the Ninja Turtles. I like the live action ones. The first two are pretty good. The third one's bad, but I still like it. Mm-hmm. The uh, The animated one they made a few years ago, like 2004, it was just called TMNT. Solid. Like it was a real good movie. It may be, it may be better than the second one. It, hmm. I don't know if it was the first one, but they're just really good films. And then Michael Bay comes along and pays someone else to make some hot garbage. And I was angry watching that film. Really? Just angry.
0: Does Ninja Turtles like mean enough to you? For, yes. Like it's, it's angry, I mean, when it ruined? was
1: like I imagine it's like what you felt watching the Hobbit movies.
0: it couldn't have been that bad.
1: Um, it was pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing is, they looked like they could have been fun. Like I, I saw the trailers and was like, this doesn't look terrible. Mm, yeah. Um, like the new one came out a year or two ago. I haven't watched it yet. Um, but the trailer came out for it. And I'm like. Wait, did they like? It's got Bebop and Rocksteady in it, which are the guys that are like a Rhino and a yeah huh? another thing, a Mohawk.
0: Yeah. So you're like, wait, did they fix this? Did they make this good? Is this one gonna? I'm be sure good? it's
1: hot garbage. No. I know it is, but
0: don't overest don't underestimate uh, how yeah. good trailer
1: editors are. Yeah. But I wanted I wanted it so bad to be at least decent, and it was not. That's too bad. It it had the the michael bay problem of action scenes that were boring which doesn't make sense it yeah. takes a special skill to make a boring action sequence yeah
0: and i i remember i remember liking the first transformers movie mm-hmm. after it came out yeah i remember um, liking it um and i i still think it mostly works as just enjoyable spectacle mm-hmm. like the peeing thing is stupid yeah but for the most part it
1: it's not garbage yeah
0: and there are there are these moments in these shots that are coherent enough mm-hmm. where you are in awe like yeah. you do get this like right there's the shot where like one of the transformers like transforms while rolling down the highway and like crushes through an overpass mm-hmm. and they like and then like attacks another one and they tumble over and is it's, that like, the this- one that has the
1: scene stolen from uh, Michael Bay's other film Oh the I island don't know. Probably. there's there's a very famous um, car chase that he reused <laughs> and just put Transformers in.
0: That's funny.
1: Uh, somebody spotted it because he made The Island, which was a pretty mediocre film. Um, it was a ripoff of Parts of the Clonus Horror, which is a film famous for being in an episode of Mystery Science Theater 3000. <laughs> um, and he probably didn't rip it off because it's a pretty common idea. But anyway, um, there's a car chase scene in it yeah. where like things explode. And he used the same shots and just put transformers in them like the same footage yeah go look it up like it's like the, the island of transformers um and That's it's crazy. it's just got transformers put into it
0: um yeah like he's capable of like beautiful yeah. grand action absolutely but not lately not i guess not lately it's too bad yeah i want i want the michael bay lord of the rings sdp As sdp As
1: yeah, who would you want to direct that? Um. Oh, I got the perfect answer. Whatever you come up with is not as good as my answer.
0: I'm. I don't. I'm. I'm less thinking about what the answer is and more whether or not I want it to be a serious or a funny answer.
1: Both good choices. Um. My answer is not as perfect as I thought it was because I got Michael Bay confused with somebody else. But it's cool. Can I say the Cohen brothers? Yeah. I would watch the hell out of that.
0: <laughs> Mostly because I want to know what the Cohen brothers working with Michael Bay would be like.
1: Amazing. <laughs> Horrible. Both. <laughs> uh, now the answer I thought of that was really good but was actually not as good was Catherine Bigelow. Mm. But only because for a minute I thought Catherine Bigelow had been married to um Michael Bay instead of James Cameron. So the joke would have been making him to work together. But I actually think she's a good enough director to make that work.
0: James Cameron and Michael Bay might make a great movie. Yeah.
1: James Cameron directing and Michael Bay DP. Who's going to write it, though? Because James Cameron shouldn't write that movie. He can't write.
0: I got the best screenwriter.
1: Yeah? Joss Whedon. <laughs> <laughs> Do you actually want Joss Whedon writing writing that? Because oh, that no. does not seem like a Joss Whedon script. No, no, no. I uh,
0: Guillermo del Toro.
1: Oh, yeah. Man, imagine if his Hobbit movies existed. Oh, God. <laughs> I wish.
0: <laughs> I wish so badly. I just want the the two film version that Guillermo del Toro makes.
1: Maybe just one to three hour film.
0: Yeah, I mean, like that would be better, but he was never going to make it one. No. He was going to make it two. Yeah, and it was going to be great. It was going to be so good no barrel scenes ugh no sex jokes between Hob like Killy and Lady Elf
1: that scene at the beginning when they're all in his house and they sing a song for no reason
0: well they do that in the book oh okay there's a lot of songs for no reasons <laughs>
1: I have only seen the first Hobbit movie, so I have fewer things to reference. It's a
0: it's a Tolkien thing. He like like He does like songs. He writes books so that he can do fun things with languages, and one of those things is write poems and songs. And so he's like, I wrote a cool song, let me write a book to put it in. That <laughs> yeah. sounds like Tolkien. James Cameron directing, Michael Bay, DP, Carol Del Toro screenwriting.
1: Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings. It's a good combo.
0: I would I would be very excited about that.
1: <laughs> yeah. Some really interesting things would come out of that.
0: <laughs> God. It would James, it would be set on the moon though
2: cuz James Cameron.
1: <laughs> no, it'd be filmed on the moon, made it to look like middle earth. Yeah. <laughs> He would terraform the moon so it looks like Middle Earth actually looks.
0: There's nothing in the Lord of the Rings saying, like, canonically what level of gravity there is. That's true. So, canonically, I think it's okay if we assume it has point... It's a sixth. Six, one sixth?
1: I think it's one sixth the Earth's gravity.
0: So, what is that? Point one something? Yeah. Point one eight? Yeah. It's G's?
1: Less than point two. So,
0: you yeah. could just, a uh, couple jumps and you're already...
1: You're at Mount Doom. Don't even need the eagles. Yeah,
0: I mean, an eagle could achieve orbit. Yeah, is that why they're available so quickly? <laughs> Are they just orbiting? They're coming in from low Earth orbit. Oh my God, <laughs> this all makes sense. <laughs> I figured We've it. We've blown out. it wide open. You can just summon an eagle real quickly because they're just orbiting all the
1: time. Yeah, because it's on the moon. That's why the moon is desolate now. <laughs> It was Middle Earth and it is now ended. Where did the elves go?
0: We're the elves. Oh, that Earth, makes sense. Earth is Valinor. Okay. The removed land. Mm hmm. And Middle Earth is the moon. Yeah. And the elves left Middle Earth. Wait. The elves left Middle Earth, which is the moon, to Earth, which is Valinor. Mm-hmm. And we are the elves living in paradise. Oh and the moon is where all the men and hobbits died thousands of years ago, and now it's desolate because the Mount Doom exploded and killed them all.
1: Is that, is that canon? Did that actually happen in the books? No. Oh, okay. I, I don't know what is and isn't canon anymore.
0: But I think I get, I think I understand fan fiction now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I want to make a slight diversion before we wrap this thing up, because we've okay. already gone like half an hour longer than we meant to. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, speaking of on the moon... Mm. Uh, when i was in college i had a rock band band really yeah Interesting. we played the, we got together and played the campaign of rock band nice um i was the drummer uh, my friend michael was a singer because he could sing mm-hmm. uh, and my buddy jordan was the guitarist and so we had the full you know classic yeah. power trio <laughs> um and our band name was called sex on the moon <laughs> Uh, and then I got real mad when like four or five years later, there was a book that came out called Sex on the Moon um, that was about somebody like stealing moon rocks. I should have asked you It first. was based on like real things that happened maybe, but nobody actually had sex on the moon, which was disappointing.
0: Would you, would you have sex on the moon? Yeah. Yeah. So would I. Yeah. Do you think anyone has had sex on the moon? No. You sure? yeah i give it 50 50
1: (laughs) i mean someone's had sex in space i'm sure a
0: lot there's been a lot of time spent in space yeah maybe like not like on the surface because you'd have to take your suit off yeah but like in the lander in the lander i
1: don't know if there's room there definitely is I
2: guess like I, well, like,
1: so you've got to you got to be in the lander you've got to maneuver out of your suit because you're in a suit in the lander it's not like the suit you walk around on the earth in but it's still a pretty right. heavy bulky suit
0: I think you can get exposed enough
1: I don't know if that's where the holes are in the suit like you got to take most of it off
0: that's poor suit design to get
1: it's poor suit design if you're trying to have sex on the moon yes <laughs> <laughs> why else did we go to the moon I don't know Like, yeah, we can just bring back some rocks, but... I mean, how many people have been to the moon? Less than 30.
0: Yeah, I think it's 20-something. Yeah.
1: Um, Not to say that this actually has an impact, but none of them were women. No. As far as I know. Doesn't mean that any of the men couldn't have had sex. Um, Just because you have sex on the moon doesn't mean you're gay. No. It's not (laughs) not gay if it's on the moon. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Or it is gay if you're on the moon and you're gay and that's cool too. But you're only gay on the moon. <laughs> only gay on the moon. <laughs> but so we've gotta we've we've gotta A have have people who are interested in scientific experimentation. That's a given, because we're on the moon. Like yeah. you're not going to the moon if you're not at least a little bit into science. Yeah. You've gotta be willing to have sex with whoever you got shipped up with mm-hmm. on the moon.
0: I mean, they're all astronauts, so yeah, check.
1: <laughs> um 50 oh. 50 seems high here's
0: okay here's what i'm trying to say yeah is if i was on the okay I, let's reveal something about jesse's sexual personality sure it is exciting and fun to want to have sex in interesting places sure right like if you're in an interesting place you're like
1: you cool, to, sex there. Be cool to have sex here yeah
0: um the moon is like the ultimate interesting place <laughs> If I was on the moon, I'd be like, "I'm here for a day or two, right?" Yeah. Before we I don't take know how, off. How
1: long were we on the moon? Like each mission? I don't know.
0: But there's not really like days because they're not on Earth. Well,
1: there's periods. Yeah. Of there's duration. <clears throat> Time still exists. No, it doesn't. But
0: like if I if I landed on the moon, you're I'd, having sex. Like I would look over at Buzz Aldrin and be like, "Hey, like, are we taking this opportunity or not?" <laughs> because i mean listen neil armstrong cool he got to walk he first yeah. first footstep on the moon what someone has to be first someone has to be the but like being the first people to have sex on the moon yeah is like the greatest human achievement
1: yeah i mean it's still possibly up for grabs fuck get
0: me up there
1: <laughs> get me to the moon <laughs>
0: You are you are right with just what you said earlier, though. I'm confident people have had sex on the ISS.
1: Yeah. Or at least tried. I feel like in microgravity, it's going to be real tough. Yeah. Like, there's going to be straps, <laughs> footholds. <laughs> you really got to
0: work the angles. Yeah. But, like, yeah, like, the ISS would be great. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, but it's I'm, not the moon. I'd love to go to the ISS and have sex with somebody. Yeah. But it's not the moon. It's not the moon. It's not Mars either, man. Mars is a whole other (laughs) story. It's a whole other planet. And then really? The greatest achievement? Fuck the sun.